Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Which, bright, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, oh it's my Craig Custance, everybody. I hope you are, the The annoyance level is high right now. I just hope you're ready for, for two people that didn't get a ton of sleep. The team, you know, the team they probably wanted to win the game lost last night in the... <laughs> wait, wait a second. Probably, what, I, I want to be objective. What the, what's wrong with you? Yes, it was... Now, we can talk about it later. Of course, clearly the Americans were the better team. Um, and this, you don't want to win that game, and we know that. And we actually, Cami Granado, who is our guest today in the second segment, was really great on what this game meant in the prelims between Canada and the U.S. in the Women's Olympic Hockey Tournament. Um, now that we know the score, we know that really you want you didn't want to win that game. Who cares? But who cares? We're still tired and pissy a little bit, I would say. Sean, accurate. Uh, yeah, that's what happens when you have an 11-20 puck drop and you get, a, you get a right afterwards. I know that's not a concern for you anymore. That's fine. Oh, my gosh. You have nothing else to worry about. You're living high on the hog up there in Michigan, fancy boy. I got nothing else to say. <laughs> we're like, this is, this, this, I, this is no joke. Like, we're, uh, we're tired. We're in, we, we're, we're in a, a bad mood to begin with because of the outcome of that game. Uh, and we're generally pissy people, I would say. So <laughs> that's, the, have, that's not true. Have fun. I am. You may be. You may be. You, so, whatever whatever personality traits you have seem to be exasperated right now by A, a lack of sleep, B, the result. I, here's what I'd say. Um, quick analysis watching that game. I mean, mm-hmm. the Americans were – I mean, they just were dominant for large stretches. So, I, I was certainly encouraged. Like, I'm watching them and the skill level, the plays they were making, you're they're going, okay, this is, this is a fun team to watch. Uh, as we've talked about a lot, Sean, the the next generation up was very noticeable. Abby, Abby Murphy, baby. I knew Abby you were just – you were going to be like – Was she great? She's the best. I wish those she, jer- I wish those jerseys weren't so hellaciously ugly because I would have bought one already. Yeah, she's what nineteen. 
She turns 20 in April. 19-year-old Abby Murphy already winning everybody over. Like she's so so you can see see signs like when 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 the women bounce back and win gold, the American, you know somebody like Abby Murphy's going to make like just dangle and make a great play. Oh, she's a pain in the ass too. Pain in the, the ass. Little, like chicken wing on the, on the goalie. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited for the Abby Murphy era, baby. I mean, that's the really fun part about this team. I think Cammy spoke to that is that you have the next generation of players, you know, the LaRocks and the Zumwinkles and the Murphys that are playing with Hillary Knight and, and, and Kendall Coyne and, you know, the core in some parts of that 2018 team. Like you have that blend of, of the next group, you know, learning from, uh, learning from the last one. And that's been a hallmark, I think, of Team USA over, over the years and, you know, the result last night wasn't wasn't what they expected. But, again, we've established that that really doesn't matter. Who cares? It's better that they lost anyway. They probably, probably, weren't, even, better. They probably weren't even trying to win. No. I just like the smirk on Abby Murphy's face. Like it's they, great. They just, it was just – that was – so, that was good. I, like, uh, I almost tweeted it out because I really thought Abby Rock was going to get a goal too. Like that – like she was really noticeable. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, and they need, they need her to step up too. Yep, yep. Right? With – with Decker out, uh, out of the lineup, she's she's the most obvious person to 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 plug and play there. That the the first period was a little bit of a catch twenty two, right? Because it was a blast to watch. You're seeing kind of you know the 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 forecheck that we've come to love by that program o- over the years, but it wasn't resulting in goals. I think whenever whenever Murphy went post back post, and, and yeah, I, she should have scored four different times on on that goal. I mean, that just felt, it felt, it felt bad. Like, it, like those are the sort of goals that you need to go in if, if you want to beat Canada, right? Yeah. But again, we established that this game doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. Um, the other, the other takeaway when I was watching that is like, imagine, imagine watching that hockey and knowing, and knowing that that's really a standard game between, between those, between these two programs. And thinking that you want to eliminate it from the Olympics, like I, 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 I just I keep getting. I, it was a big discussion point yesterday that you know, because that's the way it works at the start of the Olympics. Is you have the whole discourse about the talent gap between the North American teams and and, and, and everyone else. It's misguided for a lot of reasons, but I think at the top of the list is like. <laughs> these two teams are good enough, and this rivalry is great enough to carry everything else, regardless of, of anything you have to say about, about the gap and how, how much, it, how, whether it exists and how important it is. Like we need, we need these two teams to, to keep playing. And it's when it's weird fringe stuff that, that, that still, that still seems to get a, a, a foothold over people. Are people real? Like, I know Maybe, you know, there's notable every once in a while someone will run a column out or whatever. But is I feel like this is almost a straw man argument. Like, who's really, like, saying get rid of it? Like, we're all like, this is great. This is the tournament we want to watch. See, we say that, but I think there's a lot of people that don't. And I think that's why it's 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 a little bit – it's it's not quite a straw man because <clears throat> it's a it's an extreme position to take – on the issue, but the amount of people, and we see it every day in the comments, we see it every day on Twitter, especially now when like maybe say an NHL writer gets a little bit, gets a little bit more involved with covering 
with covering the Olympics and, and covering the women's tournament, you know, you see from people like, why is this in my feed? Why, why, why are you, why are you covering this? And I, I think that's a little bit more, this is, this is a self-selective group. Like we're, we're people who yeah. care about hockey and we're, and we're people who care about the women's game. And I, I, I think there's a lot of people that don't. So I, I think it's easy to, it's easy to, but it's definitely, it's easy to get hung up on, you know, a vocal minority. I, I, I think, I think that is a little, a little bit of a rhetorical trap, but at the same time, when it's people with platforms that are saying this sort of stuff and when it turns into, you know, a discussion point on Twitter or wherever else, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of tough to avoid. It's, it's tough to avoid. It's tough to avoid thinking about it at least. Like I've talked more about the talent gap in women's hockey over the last 48 hours than I have yeah. in, the last, in, in the last five years. I didn't know what I was watching. So I didn't, I think you're referencing a column. That yeah, was, we're, we're, yeah. We're, we're talking about the Rosie Demano column in, in the, in, in the Toronto star. I mean, it was, it was, so it was a mess. I asked in the Cammy Granado interview, I asked what I thought was a genuinely good, like uh, I was not like referencing that cause I didn't see that column. I didn't know this was an, a, a Twitter discourse yeah, argument that I was walking into. So I was like, Hey, you know, the U S is outscored. I'm, I'm like, you're trying to build up to play Canada and you've outscored your opponents 18 to two. And I'm like, how should we be concerned about that? And then Sean like went on a like attacked me. I felt like no, you weren't. I, that's I, not what my my question. was. I wasn't saying should we get rid you, of women's hockey in the Cami Granado interview. I feel like you really oh. went after, after that. No, yeah. that I was not going after you. I was going after the premise of this. We'll let the listener this, decide in this, a few minutes. This, this trash bag column that that yeah. got that got written, which is just it's it's it was ignorant to to a lot to a lot of different stuff and. I mean, whatever. I if you want to if you want to read someone dismantle, you know the 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 premise of the whole thing. Haley Salvian wrote something really good, and it's 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 up on the site, and it goes into more depth and whatever than than we have time or inclination to to do here right now. Um, but that's what that was. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't oh, coming okay. I, I wasn't coming after you. I was the I was you know a big part of a big part of the discussion, which again you you don't, you don't even really care about. Oh my gosh. Here's what I do care about. And I don't know if, like what we're supposed to share about our, our internal numbers, but mm-hmm. um, like this whole argument that why is this it's in hilarious. my feed? Nobody cares. It's hilarious. So Sean, if Sean was running point on a live blog at a game that started at whatever it was, 1130 Eastern last night, women's mm-hmm. hockey tournament. And that the, the sheer amount of people that followed along in that live blog. It was our most successful hockey live blog. I, 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 you know, I won't give raw numbers. I don't want to get fired, but I, I'm trying to think back. Maybe like, maybe the draft or like it, it blew out any NHL playoff numbers, like crush those. Um, I was on, it, I'll, I'll say this. I was yeah. on, I was on the expansion draft live blog. I was on, oh, the, the expa- I might, was that might've been it. That might've been the last one that competed with it. I don't know, man. It's going to be close, and I, I, I can I can tell you this: in the uh, three hours that that was up before, or whatever it was, yeah. By the time I went to sleep, that thing had been rolling for a few hours, and it was certainly on pace to be the number one hockey, you know, live blog coverage that we've had. Right. I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if it gets there for for a variety of reasons, but it was a it was an unmitigated success. The interest yes. is is enormous. So, so, like, this, so this, don't this goes back ro- to the, the, you know, the good for business. Also, do, like the right thing, all checks all the boxes. Yeah, and and I think a big takeaway here maybe is like it, it's important to to punch holes 
in these arguments as you see them when they come from people with a platform. It is. Like, that's, that's, that's relevant when it comes from an enormous, like a Toronto daily newspaper with, you know, a built in following of however many people. Like, it's important to counter that with facts in reality because that is not the realm that the person who wrote that column was working in. Like, it was straight out of, 2002. It could have been written any time in this century, honestly. <laughs> and that's not. And that's not. That's not the world we live in. There's yeah. more. Th- there's. There's. There's more nuance than was let on in the game yeah. in in the world than 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 in, than in the piece that was written. So it's important to poke holes in that uh, as they come along. What gets tough. For I think for people who care about the game, and I'm not I'm not including myself in, in this because I, I don't live it day to day. What's important, what's tough for for people who love women's hockey and for people for people who cover women's hockey is just the the vocal minority that just shits on 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 everything that's associated with it. And I think that I think that's tough to parse, but it's also important to remember that there's always going to be somebody that hates that hates something. You gotta you gotta you, you gotta figure out which of those people matter and go after yeah, and go, and go like, after them. I think it's, I think, right. So maybe it's, if because somebody with a platform says something that is ridiculous, it's fine to go after that. But like, generally I'm like this, this is, this fight is not even worth fighting. Like this, this ship has sailed. Like people are into it. It's fun. Like the numbers are, from a business perspective at the athletic, the numbers comical, are great. Comical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like this is, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, it makes sense to quote tweet, you know, some Bob, dude in sh- sunglasses Bob or whatever. Two nine one two with a do- <laughs> with a dog have you from Mississauga, right? Like I, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that, but when it elevates to the point where you have, you know, someone with a legitimate platform, you know, making these dog shit arguments, like whatever, go after them. Um, <laughs> we have about. Uh, like a minute here to, before we get to Cammy, and which is again, not, this was this will be the best segment. This, this second segment, she was amazing. Uh, always, yeah, she, was, she, was she was great, was awesome. Um, I do want to touch a little bit on the Blackhawks. I know yeah. Monday's show got into the ridiculous Rocky Wirtz exchange and Gary Bettman, whatever Gary said, like classic Gary, like defend the owners at all costs. Um, <laughs> I want to get into the GM search because I like that space, yeah. but I do want to say. <laughs> Like I said, last a note, this notion that Rocky Wirtz's apology came via email, via forward, a forwarded email from the team president, I thought was ridiculous. Like, pick up the phone and call Laz and just be like, hey, man, I lost, I, I just lost it for a minute. I'm sorry. Like, that's, like, be a human being. It's loser shit from Rocky I just, Wirtz. Anyways, I'm not, I just... I couldn't believe. It. I'm like, was that super weird, Laz? He's like, well, you know, I'm like, you know. No, I know, and and like, in what? It's funny that you have to really go above and beyond to be an NHL owner who, as we've established, are generally from a subset of people that are jerks. I mean, that's probably that's probably a that's probably a fair way to put it. Rocky Wirtz goes above and beyond with that. Which is which is wild to to stand apart in that among among your peers in terms of in terms of being a bully and a clown you gotta yeah you gotta really do something special so congrats 
Congrats to Rocky Words. We're all very impressed with you. I'm surprised he didn't make like Danny Words forward it. Like, no, just Danny was the... no. He he made Danny mow the lawn for his <laughs> insolence during that. He's grounded. Go watch the go watch the cars, Danny. You spoke out of turn. Um, so I do. I, I'd like. The, I I don't know if anyone, like the the fact that the Blackhawks are just announcing who they're interviewing. I'm a fan of that. I don't. You know, I, this is a complete like a complete aside. I, I always see the NFL teams do that, and I'm like, can we just do this in the NHL? Um, here's a here's but, a question. Here's a question. Yeah. They're interviewing, they announced that they've interviewed Peter Shirelli. Mm-hmm. They've announced that they've interviewed Eric Tulski. Yeah. Among some other people. I don't think you could find two people in the viable pool of NHL GM candidates more diametrically opposed than Pete Shirelli and Eric Tulski. So is that indicative of casting a wide net? And trying to bring in different perspectives and seeing what you want for your organization, or is that indicative of a search that has no parameters and they're just, just like, thro- they're bring just me everybody. throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what's yeah. Because I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, they just they interviewed smart. the Cubs assistant GM, right? Like, what is? I'm not sure. I, I'm oh, not I know sure. Nothing I get about. It. I apply, at least try something. I don't mind that. I guess people are like, oh, I don't know. I think it could be My- both, though. Like, like it depends on who's running the search, right? And, and I know that, like, Ed Olchek is involved. and Yeah. Um, Patrick Sharp I, or something. I, Patrick yeah. Sharp and somebody somebody else from that team. Because, of, of course, like, what better way to, you know, hire a GM than consult a bunch of key players from the 2010 team? Like, what could go wrong with that? But Hosa. Oh, Marion Hosa. Thank you, Producer Jeff. Who I will defend yeah okay till he, I die you know that yeah, he's, a, he's a he's a he's a good man um but like so I, I don't know I, I I don't know what their what their process is but it's kind of like the, it's like the Schrodinger's cat thing where it's like it, it's it's two things at once is it is it really smart or is it you know kind of indicative of of of, of a, a kind of a chaotic potentially problematic approach to the to the whole search I don't know yeah there doesn't seem to be a like a Hey, this is this is the kind of person. This we is the want kind of person job. we want. Right. It, seems, it seems like they're trying to find that out from the interviews, and I yeah. don't know. If, I don't well, know. That's if that's, fine. Maybe don't you know. don't yeah. know. Maybe they don't know. Maybe you don't. I, I don't know if that's good or bad. If I had to guess, generally knowing how some of this stuff goes, Peter Shirelli gets an interview because the you know the league yep. gets involved sometimes yep. in these, right? And so when you're if you're not sure who you want to hire, they have their they have people that they're like, okay, hey, hey. you know. Yep. This guy, we know Peter Shirelli is an experienced person that knows how to be a GM. Whether or not you, you know, it happened in think Pittsburgh. He's good at it. it yes, happened, like it, it happened with with Shirelli with the Pittsburgh search. Like he popped up, and people lost their minds. And yeah. it was, you know, whether he had it, whether he was a realist, like a viable candidate for it, I don't know. But that came from the league. In, yeah, in, that's that's what I'm like. I don't know. Like, no one has told me that, but I, I know how these go generally, and that often happens. And I wouldn't be surprised if Peter's happens. just on that on that list at the, that yeah. Bill Daly has. Like, Bill Daly has a big influence a lot of times in this. Like, people go to him, and they like you know, and I, like I, I assume like in Florida, like Bill Zito got that job. I think the, the league probably really. I think Bill Daly is a fan of Zito's, and that helps the cause. There. Like, I think this happens, right? Um, and, and also. When you have, you know, they they like having that experienced hand that the league likes that, that, you know, hey, we know these are the people that, that uh, yeah, they, play by the rules, et cetera. 
Yeah, and it, and it's and like I I mean I'm saying it it happened with it happened with Shirley before. So I don't know if he's still on the master list. I don't know if if Chicago's working off the master list, but he was. That's why he popped up in conjunction with the Penguins job. If you if you're a Chicago Blackhawks fan and you're curious about Tulski, mm-hmm. I would go when I talked to Tom Dundon on the full sixty last year. His the way he talked about Eric Tulski was completely different than the way he talked about Don Waddell. Like he, the, the like. And some of the, like, he clearly um, has a ton of respect for the impact Talski makes. Was like, hey, when you have a mind like this, you do whatever you, and this is not to contrast with Don. He was glowing about Don as well. But it was just like, for somebody who was an assistant GM or lower Mm -hmm. down the level, it was just really interesting to hear how much Tom Dundon valued him. Mm -hmm. And was like, I will pay him. I will try to keep him at all costs. That to me was really interesting because, um you know that if that's your owner saying that, if I'm the Blackhawks, that that really means something. And think about, I mean, the flip side of that is, <clears throat> I, look, I, I've I've known Eric on the internet for years and years and years. I I don't know that there I don't know that there's a better person for him to at, for him to work with over the last few years than Don Waddell. That's like, right. That's, like that's the exact kind of person that can teach Eric. And, can, and that Eric can learn from in a, in maybe the areas that Eric as a PhD and a data guy and a writer coming up, like didn't have, you know, he didn't, he doesn't have the expense. Don, Don Waddell is a hockey lifer who, who can get anybody who wants on the phone. And that's yep. just, that's the, that's the every he, agent. Every, anybody, like people anybody, love Donnie. Anybody like people just love him. Everyone so, loves him. We had him on the show. He was like, like, yeah, I, he, he barely knew me from a random dude. And he was, and he was, you know, chopping it up and, and, and having fun and being honest and direct and great, right? So, that's the kind of effect he has on people and that's the kind of person that Tulski's been working on for under for, for the last few years. And that ultimately is what's going to lead to the first, like, and I'm doing scare quotes here, mm. like, stats person becoming a general manager is it's going to be someone like Tulski or whatever that has that background, but also came up through through an organization and and held a bunch of different roles and learned how to be a GM mm-hmm. from a GM because there's more to it than just being smart and there's more to it than player evaluation. It's about connections and it's about learning how to pull off trades and it's about being able to deal with agents. It's about a million different things that aren't necessarily baked into the skill set of a of a data analyst you know, big brain genius. Yeah. And, th- and so seeing, so seeing someone like Eric who is a data genius and a big brain, you know, learn under Waddell for, for the last couple of years, I, th- I think, I think it makes him a really intriguing candidate and I hope a viable one for Chicago. I hope he gets the job. I wonder if you then bring him in, do you feel like you have to br- pair him with somebody that's, you know, or do you like, hey, Eric learned and now he's got the, he's got the experience. And the other thing is, and I'm just asking, I don't. Do the, do this, do the senior advisor thing. Yeah, do the senior, yeah, just be like, hey, uh, I'm trying to to think who's out there. I know what you're going to say, say it. I know who you're thinking No, I really, I I didn't even come up with anybody. Pete Shirelli. No, I don't know. Who would be the good, uh. Dale Talon. (laughs) Oh gosh. No. (laughs) Um. Just kidding. (laughs) That's not what I was going to say. Um. All right, let's get uh, let's get to Cami. We, we got. A lot. I'm excited to see where they where they go. Oh, the one thing I was going to say is I was surprised Chris McFarland's name hasn't been. He's he seems like he should be in that group. And if 
we're, um, at the, we're at the point now with Chris McFarlane where I just where when where when he doesn't come up with a job, I just assume he doesn't want it. Either that, or like the the Avs are like, "Hey, just sit tight. We'll promote Joe. We're going to do the whole Kelly McCrimmon, George McPhee routine here. You, you get to run this powerhouse for as long as you want." This is the same. This feels a lot like the Penguin search. I, I know it's easy for me to fall back on it because that's like my wheelhouse. But like it's mid season, they're talking to some of the same people. I had the same reaction to McFarland whenever he popped up with the yeah. Penguin search. I'm like, he just must not want the job. All right. Coming up next, Cami Granado, where we talk great conversation, and I want to get it in quickly here. We we mentioned the name of her book at the end of it because that's how I, great a host I am. But I can play two. I can play two is, is the is children's the book, the book that she's written, and it's, it sounds awesome. I'm pumped to get it for my nieces and send it down to Georgia. I, I, I'm just it was a great great conversation with Cami. So let's take a quick break and have that conversation. I can play two dot com. That's where, that's that's where you can buy it. Wings for the game, boom, cash back. New lucky jersey, boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a game-changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit discover bank member FDIC. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to special terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker. Broker dealer. Uh, we are now thrilled to be joined by Cami Granado, who we were. It's always fun when the conversation begins before we hit record. I regret that we weren't recording the first five minutes of this conversation. But <laughs> I want to go back to talking about Donnie Granado making fun of Sean's drawers and <laughs> in. And the size of people's bobbleheads. That was fun. Cami, how are you? Thanks for doing this. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I do want to say 10 out of 10 on the Rate My Room backdrop, too. We didn't get into that, but that's a great backdrop you have. I like the – you've got the fireplace and the couch. Whoa. I don't know if you follow Rate My, my, my Room, but they do tend to um, – that would be a 10 out of 10 right there. Good Thank 10. you. You know what? I, I designed this for Ray as a Christmas present a year ago because when we moved in, the walls were sort of a, like a gray – and this room has a high ceiling and then the fireplace didn't really pop. And then the wood wall didn't pop. And then, so I picked, I went online and tried to find like good office colors and this blue uh, really made everything pop. And then I found a 
a really cool picture on uh, from up because he loves golfing of his favorite course uh, over the fireplace. And then I found that a really cool couch to go in. So he loves it. And uh, it does make, he did a lot like with COVID, he did a ton of um, TV from in this room. And it actually, I was happy that we had redid it because it was, um, it was the backdrop for a lot of, a lot of his segments. What course is that? Uh, I think that is, I'm going to, I'm going to, it was in Scotland. It's like, I think it's, um, Like Saint Andrew, like Royal Saint Andrews or something. One of the no, one of the famous it's ones. It's not Saint Andrews. It's I knew it at one point, but I mean, I, I it'll maybe it'll come to me. What are, <laughs> do you know any of them in what are Scotland? No, I, 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 knew, I knew I knew one. That was it. <laughs> yeah, you used I, up here. Yeah, I, I, I exhausted no, my supply right the then. Photo below is him playing at it, and then that's the actual like you can see the same tower. So he, I, I at one point I knew. Sorry, guys, <laughs> that's okay. I forgot. Oh, that's great. So, Cammie, um, we wanted to have you on. So, we're all like book nerds, first and foremost, hockey people. So, that, when we saw you did the book, um, we were like, okay, this is an automatic invite. And we're, I'm thrilled that you're coming to talk about it. I love that you decided to go with the children's book because I'm sure, and I've seen you mention this. So, it's like, you know, agents and people have been hounding you for years. Like, when when are you going to do a book? And you're like, actually, I'm here, I'll do a book, but it's what you know, yeah. maybe not what you expected. Exactly. Like I, I have wanted to write it since my kids were little because I remember reading sports books to my kids when you know we did like literally ten years straight of reading every night, and we had every book. We have our own like library of children's books because we just loved reading. And they gravitated to the same books every night. And a lot of them were the sports books. And I recognized there was like not a lot of representation of women. And I thought, wouldn't that be fun to do a story of a little girl that played hockey and Mm -hmm. was trying to play a boy sport. And so basically it's based on my experiences, but I separated the character and it's its own character. And um, it was just one of the things. Yeah. There were agents that said, you know, let's write a look at you want to write a book. I'd like to, you know, write a book and I'll help you out with it. And, it was like, I want to write a kid's book. Nope. Those don't sell. No, I'm not interested. So I just let it go for a long time. And then about three years ago, a friend of mine and I were just talking and I told him about my thought about wanting to write it. And he's like, why don't you just go write it? And I was like, um, yeah, maybe I will. Like, so I did. And I just sat at the campground one day and we were camping oh, and, awesome. you know, I cranked it out. It's pretty easy story to tell when you, all the things have happened to you. So <laughs> I just, yeah. you know, and then it was just getting, I lined myself up with my nephew, Dom, who was the illustrator. And I wanted to do it on my own because I wanted the family element to be part of the book because that's that's how I grew up. And so it was great to have my nephew. And then it took us three years to, to get it, to get it done. The writing of it, the bulk of it was written, but then we had to get the illustrations to match. And then it was about editing and it was a really cool process. And um, it's really surreal actually that it, it's a book now and it's out there. Right. It's very that cool. was going to be my first question. Who is the illustrator you hooked up with? Because that's like the most, that's as important as the words for, for kids books sometimes, right? A hundred percent. And I had, my nephew has never been, he never illustrated a book before. It's he, he, um, he's kind of this artsy sort of guy who always loved drawing, but he, he did like his whole dream was like, his whole dream is to be with Pixar. Like he loves color. He loves animation. He loves, so I would, I would play this game with them online where you draw the picture and the other person had to guess it like through the app or whatever. Mm And I was like, you're drawing these with your finger. Like these pictures are coming out like incredibly like clear and you're drawing them with your finger on a phone. So I was like, you're, can you, you know, we may be the illustrator. So yeah, it, it, um, 
it worked out really well. And I'm just super proud of him and the journey that he had to go on too to actually evolve the characters and come up with the colors in, this, in the design. So he did a, an amazing job. It seems like there's a lot of family elements in the book too. I read that, that the, the, the character has a special name, right? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to honor my aunt, um, my Aunt Mimi. I'm, I'm named after my middle name is Michelle. And when I was born, they wanted to call me Mimi, but they were just a little sensitive to my grandma because my my aunt had died at 15 and it was a devastating, devastating loss to the family. And um, it was my mom's kid sister. And, you know, I heard a little bit about Mimi, but but not a lot. But I just felt a connection to her anyway, because I think maybe because I was named after her. And oddly enough, my kids would call me Mimi because I'd hear people call me Cammy when I was little. So they would call me Mimi sometimes. And I just, I always felt connected to her. So it was really cool to honor her in the book. And, um, and then because she died of a sudden cardiac arrest, I decided to donate to Craig Cunningham's, who's a dear, dear friend of ours, um, who had had the same, you know, cardiac arrest on the ice and almost, we almost lost him. I mean, and the miracle that he's here. And he now has a foundation. So I wanted to line that up too and, and make sure I donated back. because I think it fits really well for Mimi and for, for Craig um, as a good friend. So that's be part of the book as well. Okay. I've forgotten you guys were close. Like his stories. I mean, that yeah. story is, is amazing. Yeah. And I love that there's a connection now to that, to this book. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I love all the, just the inner weaving. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's the neat part is like when you, when you, when you have a project that you're doing on your own, you can make all those decisions. Yeah. And it was just, it just seemed right. It just all fit right. And, and the family element, you know, with my nephew being the illustrator and then like honoring my aunt and just like the books about the siblings, there's six kids in the family. And it's, you know, it's really, it's kind of a fun, I was trying to get that element of like understanding that family has a lot of power, the support that they can give you. And the book, you know, shows that there is that support from the family. I'm still blown away by the timing of all this because we saw a couple weeks ago when we were talking about trying trying to get you trying to get you booked. We're like, okay, she's writing a book, and it was okay. Can we have her on? Can we talk to her on Monday, February seventh? We're like, all right, great. And that's you know, look what happens in eleven hours here, right? We're taping this on Monday. We have USA Canada, you know, tonight. So we have the book. We have the first game of of, of the Olympics between those two teams. I mean, it's just wild. It's it's wild. It's wild and perfect timing. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing I I was thinking about the timing of launching it. Like, obviously we would have liked it done earlier, a couple of years ago. We realized it would take three years, but we were like, Hey, we're going to launch right when the Olympics is on. This is really perfect. So um, that was the the timing. It was really ended up being really um, nice. And it's been really cool to see people embrace it. I've got a friend whose daughter and son have been reading it on a daily and they're, they know all the characters and it just, I, I didn't think, about that part, I was just so in, in, like engulfed in the project that I didn't think about what it was going to feel like when I knew that little kids are actually reading it and enjoying it. And that's really cool. And I was thinking like, you know, if we can just inspire one, one kid, like I feel like it makes us happy. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really cool. I'd like to hear more about the camping process. Just like, I like, I love the idea of just going away into the woods somewhere and saying, okay, I have the mental space to do this now. What did that it's look like? Personal fantasy of mine disappearing yeah, I mean, into the woods yeah, for a while. I want to go do yeah. this right well, now. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was with my family. So my kids were there and my husband yeah. and, but and family friends were with there. So we had four kids and four adults, but when everyone, when you go camping, everyone just, it's like, 
the air comes out and everyone's calm. Mm -hmm. Like, so the kids are off on their bikes and we are at the campsite and my friend's reading your book and Ray's reading. And, you know, my friend has the same, our friends are just like doing their thing. Everyone's just wants to kind of their own space. And I, and I just sat on my little, um, uh, chair, the comfy chair. I, I think I stole the comfy chair that we had. <laughs> one that wasn't one that was. And I just started writing and it was just easy. It was, it felt, yeah, when you're out in nature, like you, your brain just, it, it's, it flows a lot better. So it was the perfect place to do it. And, um, and it was actually, it was like, it's a neat memory now to think like it, I pretty much cranked out the story in, in a day on, you know, at the campground. So Ray, so Ray left you alone long enough to, to get it done is what you're saying. Ray did. <laughs> yeah. Did he watch the dog? while you're doing it? <laughs> Yeah. I think the dog, we didn't have the dog win. Okay. So we were good. Yeah. Um, we it was neat talking about timing. It was neat to see some of Hillary Knight's comments. I don't know if you saw him after she, she had passed you on the all time U S Olympic points. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, I'm, I mean, you know what you mean to her, but she said, it just brought back her memories of your influence. She said the other night, that's, that sparked the dream for me was watching mm-hmm. you. And then she passes you on the list. Like, yeah. I know you get really asked cool. this stuff all the time, but I, in this moment still, like right now, as it's happening to see you kind of reference in that way, what does that mean to see Hillary do that? Um, I think what's really amazing is that, that the story between her and I is really amazing. Like it's just special because she, she was one of the girls that was a product of our win. And and you don't recognize that at the time until they're now the team. And when they won in 2018, that whole team talked about our win 20 years before how it influenced them. But with Hillary, she was at the camp, the very first camp we had right after we won. I think there was maybe six of my teammates, myself, we had been running um, my family with the, my brothers were, had been running hockey schools. And now we, we wanted to do a woman's one right after the Olympics. And we had no idea how many would show up. Normally, like a girl carrying their bag in the rink prior to that Olympics was awkward. Like nobody, nobody, they were like, is that your brother's bag? Like you don't play hockey. Like people didn't realize girls played hockey. And all of a sudden we had this, this Olympic experience where we're exposed on a, on a like a national world stage and we win the gold. There's 118 girls showed up to the rink in Chicago. It was it was incredible. Like we were blown away. Like that just never happened before. But kids came from everywhere to be to meet these Olympians, like to meet the Olympians. And that was us. And it was like surreal. Mm. Hillary was one of those. And um, there was an interaction that her and I had where her stick broke. So I gave her my stick and then ended up giving her my gloves to wear. And, um, and I didn't know it was, I didn't realize till years later that that was Hillary. I had that memory of doing that with one of the kids, but I didn't know it was Hillary. And then she had told the story and I was like, so cool. And then she was influenced to wear that number because I wore it. And I just think it's just really, really neat to see the passing of the torch and to see it all, you know, that group was, we didn't realize at the time, but that group was the one that influenced. And now the 2018 team that won in 20 years is going to be the same thing. It's really cool. I mean, that's the wildest part of this current team, I think, is the makeup of it, where you have, we have Hillary and Kendall and, and, uh, and that generation of players. And then you have the Abby Rocks coming in and the Grace Zumwinkles. There's that blend of the, the, the pipeline really has started, right? Because Hillary learned Mm -hmm. from you and Hillary and Kendall learned from you. And now they're playing with players who, who, who've watched them for, for the last 10, 12 you know, 16 years. 
Yeah. And that's, and that's the, the cool part about when you're, when you're on the team and you become one of the older people, I remember Hillary's like, Oh my God, I'm one of the older ones now. Like I, you, all of a sudden you're there. You're one of the older ones, right? It's always weird. All these kids coming in and you're just like, Oh my gosh. But that's the neat part is the, is the blend. And, and they seem to have a really good mix of mm-hmm. players. And the, you know, I think it's critical for the older players to be able to embrace the younger ones because sometimes some teams don't actually do that. There is a threat. To, to them. And I think this team seems to have a lot of great uh, character and, and chemistry. So that, that, that you need in an Olympic event. Let's, let's talk about Hillary some more. I mean, she's been, I, look, I, I, I know Brian is out and you know, that, that sort of changes the, changes the calculus for this team. But I think in the first, in the first two games, she's been, she's been lights out. It's, I mean, yeah. she's been at a next, we, we've watched her be so great for so long, but, but this is yeah. next level stuff from her, I think. So what, what have you seen from her and, and, well, uh, you know what? I, I, I'm not getting a ton of like, I'm seeing a lot of the highlights. I, I just know from reading about it. I know, um, like I look forward to seeing the, the U.S.-Canada game because that's uh, in real time. I'll get to see it. So, but she's, um, her work ethic is incredible. Um, she's physically like so strong, mentally very strong. She just knows how to score at ease. And it's kind of her canvas. You know what I mean? Like she can just turn it on and, She's, she's just that pure goal scorer, but also like her fitness level and strength can propel her even further. And I, and I even saw that with Kendall, um, Kendall in the first game, just, you know, I had a couple of goals and it's like the, the, the older players and unfortunately Brianna, I mean, that's heartbreaking, like heartbreaking that, that all that work she did. And it was a use, it was like a, a play that didn't have to happen. Like the girl should not have wrapped her legs around her legs. And that was stupid, but I just feel really bad for her. Cause I know how hard she worked and she was at like the, the pinnacle of her game too. And was like really ready to like showcase her skill and help the team. But, but those, those veterans um, are seeming they're showing up. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need. So yeah, I'm super proud of them. I can't wait to see how this all unfolds and excited. How concerned about, there's always the the blowback in these early games when the you know teams are winning ten nothing or whatever. I think U.S. has outscored their opponents eighteen to two in three games. How? What's your level of concern about the gap still in terms of well, that growth in the game? You know what? I mean, there, there's there's now more teams in. Um, there's some teams that are in there for their first Olympics. The growth is slow, but it's if you look at the, his, the historically. I mean, if you look at the World Juniors. There are blowouts for the men at the World Juniors too. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a gap. Um, I will tell you as a player, the best games are the ones that you go in knowing that you don't know that you're not going to the outcome. Like right. I, I did not like as an, as a competitor, it really sucked to train as hard as you trained. And then you'd play a team that you knew the game was over before it started. Like you knew you were going to yeah. win before it started. Mm-hmm. And that's not what the competitors want, but it, it's just where the game is at. And the more the game grows and the more there's more leagues to support and the governing bodies support the players. Like I was looking at the Russians. I think there was a couple 17 year olds, right? Like that maybe in 10 years, you're going to see, uh, you know, another growth or five years even. Um, but they just, I think it's just the having that support from their, the governing bodies to actually like keep the sport moving in the right direction. Cause some ebbs and flows of teams yeah. like Finland is a little disappointing. They, they were, they were like fighting for, you know, almost won the world championship and, they haven't played so well in this one. So it's, it's hard. 
But yeah, and it's it, it's it's tough with it's tough with Finland too because there's roster issues and there's there's problems. It's, it's been a weird it's it's been a weird stretch for them. I mean, there's incremental progress I, I feel like, but it's still it's still slow. Um, you mentioned the federation involvement. Is that is that the single biggest? I, I know there's not like one lightning bolt solution for this. There's a lot, there's a lot of different factors. But is in, in your mind is federation involvement and and funding kind of the the uh, the, the, the single most important thing here? Well. Yeah, I mean, it, you've got to have in the some countries. Typically, like they're still trying to show that women can still can play a sport, like women can play hockey, and, and so there's not a lot of there's not a lot of the pool. The pools are smaller of, in different countries, right? Where you look at North America and these the pools for the you know the depth that we have of all our players and the collegiate structure, and and then and then yeah, the federation support. Um, it's it's got to get better in other countries. I, I just think that that's maybe women's sports in general are speeding along a little bit quicker in the last, like it may be accelerating a little bit more in the last four or five years. So hopefully that will accelerate. Um, but yeah, you do need that support from your own federation. You need the support from the IHF as well. Um, and, you know, not canceling tournaments. I was say, and maybe play the U18s occasionally. Like if you could play the, you know, I, yeah, so yeah. I, do you think that the talent gap argument is overstated? Because I know how I feel about it. Like, you look, I, Alina Mueller is a really good player. She's on Switzerland. Hirokoski on Finland is like one of the best defensemen, you know, one of the best defenders in the world. Like, there's there's been strides that have been that have been made. And I think when you focus too much on the talent gap, I mean, it's it's more about how good the United States and Canada are. It's 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 not it, yeah. and it's framed, I think, problematically because it turns into slagging these other. These, yeah. these other countries well, when it can be when it can be more about how great how great how great north american hockey is right well you know so uh, my stepson landon is over at the olympics right now he's playing for canada which is amazing on its own um and a whole nother conversation but <laughs> we, can just have, we can just have um, you back later on if you want That's fine. yeah <laughs> but he, he said he was watch he watched the uh china play japan i believe the women's and he said it was a good game yeah because they were the same level right um so i think you know, and that's what I notice even at the one we go to the world juniors, like when we go get watch, you know, like Denmark play Swiss or someone and it's a great game, um, but other games might be blown out. So, yeah, the, I think we are we are so, so deep and so strong in North America. So it is hard. It, it is going to be hard. But Finland showed that they were pushing, you know, um, it's just you want to speed it along, but it is a process. And. I just don't like when people are like, oh, it's the women's game. It's a blowout. Well, I, you know, when the men's basketball teams play and Spain's playing another team and they're blowing them out in the Olympics, does that mean like you need to like get all over them too? Like they're too good. Like it's just, it's a problem. It's not just a problem in the women's game, right. it's a problem in other places too. This will, this will air tomorrow. So the mm -hmm. listeners will have the hindsight of knowing who has won tonight's game. Um, how much, how much do you do you put on a game in this moment in the tournament between Canada and U.S.? I know it's everything. Well, I think someone said it's everything, but it's nothing or something like that. Exactly, which I like. it, it is. You're 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 just sussing it out a little bit, and you almost want, maybe want that mental edge. But if you look at World Championships in the last years with the girls, a lot of times the team that's won, like when Canada and U.S. Mm -hmm. faced. A lot of times a team that won first didn't win second. Like if you look, I don't know what the stats yeah. are, but it'd be interesting if you guys would look at that. Cause there are, there are, I feel like more times, maybe it was like the team that the team that won in the preliminary didn't win the finals. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm, cu- I'm curious. I, th- I think I was noticing that pattern, but we played a game two days. So we had to play our last game against Canada in 1998. And then we knew we were going to play them two days later in the finals. We both had clinched and we were in the finals. So that game was sort of for not either. Yeah. But we, we, at that time got over a psychological uh, edge that we needed to get over like a psychological barrier mm-hmm. that we couldn't beat this team mm-hmm. in big tournaments. And so that win actually helped us that mm-hmm. win we were able to take that and two days later, know that we could beat them. Like we had proved to ourselves, we beat them in one period. We were, I think we were down four to one and we came back one, six, four. So or, yeah, six or seven, four. It was like a great comeback. So we, we got confidence from that. So it just depends, you know, it depends on the time. I think these teams have seen each other in, in preliminary, you know, uh, pre pre Olympic games. And then maybe teams will draw some, some for it that they can use, yeah. you know, in, in later games, but yeah. Um, it, right. Everything, nothing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Yeah. To wrap up, because I know you had to run, Cami, because um, we're awesome hosts. We, I don't even know if we mentioned the name of the book. So the book is called I Can Play Two. Is there, it'll, I'll let you wrap it with that. Is it, was there any like runner up titles or what went into the title? I mean, it's, 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 it's um, self-explaining. Well, it's really but, funny. Yeah. This is all, it's all coming back to nature again. So Dom, who's the illustrator and my niece Bailey, who played at Wisconsin, we're, they came for spring break. So we went walking in the trails cause we don't have trails like this back in the Midwest. Right. So we're in this beautiful like hike and uh, we started talking about the book and my niece is like, you need to write it. And then she, she was the one that was like, and Dom's going to illustrate it. And it was like, this whole thing was born about like, let's just get it done. And she goes, I think it should be called, I can play too. Mm. And I was like, huh. She's like, it's the perfect time for that. And I was like, oh. and I, in my head thinking like, this is going to be a book about something that happened when I was, is it still relevant? But I can play too is still relevant. And so she actually, Bailey came up with the name and um, it, it's just basically about Anyone that doesn't think they can play, they can play too. Mm. Like there's a space for everyone. And that's really like the point of the book is like this little girl wanted to play on the ice. She told her parents she wanted to play like her brothers, but they put her in figure skates Mm. thinking, well, that's only the only thing that girls do on the ice. Like, of course, girls don't play hockey because they didn't in that town. Right. So she's like, no, but I want to play too. Like, so that's what the book's about is just anybody can play if they're passionate about something. And it seems unconventional or it seems like there's no path and, but there's an opportunity, like take it and you can play, you can play too. And that's what I, I think the whole messaging is really about, the, you know. So does, does Mimi end up playing at Providence? Is that, is that what happens? <laughs> no, Mimi just stays. The, so we're hoping, so there's, it's just Mimi in her journey to her first game okay. and what happened in her first game. So it, she stays into that time and we have a lot of different ideas for series. Oh, okay. It's, so it's I just teed up for the sequels. I, I, I like was, it. All right. So I, I was looking, I was looking for an excuse to just jam this in because it's one of my, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite stories I've heard about you. <clears throat> it's what? that what? you, you didn't really know that college hockey was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking like stone age uh-huh. like we didn't have any information from the west or the east coast that there was women's hockey so we i just played i was the only girl the entire time in my state at my age there were ones that came after but that i ever there's no other girl so i didn't know so i wanted to play with the guys i was like can i play with the guys like i thought i was gonna play in the blackhawks like i was like yeah i'm gonna do this and then the guys got bigger and i was like oh wait a minute it was devastating actually to learn that like my brothers could keep going and I was like, I'm not getting bigger. So that, yeah, that, that was 
Providence, it was pretty cool to get like a, I got a pamphlet actually that a dad from another team gave to my mom and said, we know someone at Providence college and they have a team. And my mom was like, what? So I read it and it was like, Oh, Cindy Curley's at the top of the stats list. She's my new, like my first hockey idol. Like immediately I read it and I'm like, I want to be her. I want to go there. I want to score like her. And that was it. Like that was how it happened. Love it. That's amazing. Awesome. Nobody recruited me. Like nobody wanted me. <laughs> like, the only reason that feels like that feels like a mistake. <laughs> the only only reason that Providence said they would take me was because they saw me in a game when I played out uh, uh, in Massachusetts. And so they, the assistant coach saw and was like, we should get her. And then, yeah, that was it. There was really no other recruiting process. So Unbelievable. Yeah, I think that's, that's book, that's book four. I feel like. Yeah. I think that's the important yeah. part of the series. It's <laughs> me being gets older. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. I mean, thanks for doing this. Great to see you. Yeah. And yeah. you can get the book on, I can play to com. by oh, the way. Awesome. Oh, so, that would be helpful of us cool. to actually sell where people can get it. Is that the best yeah. place for people to buy it? Is, is, well, is on right now, like um, it's going to be in local stores in Vancouver. Uh, Seattle's got it. It's going to be in the hockey Hall of fame store. And I'm just, we're just working on distribution for stores, but right now, if you want it, you can get it on, I can play to.com. Great. Well, good luck with that. And, and Thanks. Uh, I could talk to yes. you guys forever. Like, See, I told you, we got a half hour and then all of a sudden, here it is. I this know, is, this is, you got to be careful. Got to be careful what you ask for. We'll be, we'll, yeah. we'll be bugging you yeah. again in, in a couple hey, weeks. I was going to say, Donnie Meatballs <laughs> eats meatballs in the book, ironically. Really? There's a character <laughs> named Donnie Meatballs? <laughs> nope. There's not a character named Donnie Meatballs, but it's based on my siblings and his name. I used all their middle names for their names. <sighs> So his middle name is Charles. So he's Charlie in the book. And there is a scene where Charlie's eating meatballs at the table. So Charlie meatballs. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. There's just yeah. little Easter eggs just for the Granado family. Yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> you can get back and let them know. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. All right guys. Thanks. Thanks so much. Cammie. We'll see ya. Hey, take care. So is there any way, Sean, we could just limit our guests at Granados and maybe Hughes's and... <laughs> She's so, yeah, she was some, so good. So good. Oh, my God. What other what other Granados can we book? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just as long as it's the family tree, like Landon, like when Landon gets back. Oh, he's... Landon, Landon counts. He counts even, you know, when he gets back from the Olympics. He's he's such a great talker, shocker, like his dad. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 as long as the family tree, like we'll get the Dom, the there illustrator, like and like the some, niece. And it's just... <laughs> needs to be some connection. Oh my gosh. Love it. Man, what a, what a blast, what a blast that was. And again, we're, we recorded that on Monday afternoon. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens in, in U S Canada game one, but who cares? Well, Cammy was good enough for not, for none of that stuff to matter. Honestly, like she said, that games, you know, matters but it doesn't the beauty right? is she left us outs right she's like yeah it matters if you have to get over some hurdle but it doesn't matter really you actually kind of want right. to lose because it seems like the so, team. Knows. so whatever happens we can find a way to say it's it good. Was advantageous for the americans if the u.s wins great if they lost that was actually all part of the plan that's, i think that's where we find it <laughs> that's right uh coming up next sean your favorite segment the best segment of, oh god you, you screwed me up you screwed it up for so many weeks now i'm screwing up it's the only good segment on the show it's the only good segment on the show we'll be right back <laughs> and now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct tv satellite free hey frank a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get direct tv what's the little birdie was it jimmy the sparrow it's a figure of speech point is you can stream direct tv over the internet now oh sure next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people right <laughs> you mean airplanes 
Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. We'll get back to the podcast in a second, but first a word from our friends at Grammarly. And look, we are professional writers by trade, so we know that communication is the key. And maybe you're not a professional writer, but Grammarly can make you more confident in your writing and make you a little bit more efficient and help you work day-to-day at your job. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can have that bigger impact at your place of work. Think about this, 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. That's a pretty good stat. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites And by understanding your writing and your context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions tailor-made for you. Their tone suggestions, they'll even help you navigate even through the most difficult conversations at work. You can save time with one click, go from editing drafts in hours to seconds. Talking about stats, 93% of professionals using Grammarly Premium report that it helps them get more work done. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to the only good segment on the show. So we go into the comments section in our episode page on the athletic app. As we said, tap your phone eight times, click your heels together. Wish upon, like, wish upon a star. Flip the coin into the fountain. That's uh, that's the new addition I like. Answer <laughs> the three questions from the trolls. Flip the coin into the fountain. Twenty nine comments on our uh, episode with Keith Handel last week, by the way, and they're from different people too, which is wild. Well, it's, I do like that Caleb live seems to live comment really, as he listens. It's, re- it's really <laughs> Shout funny. Out to Caleb B. It's really He's just funny. in there <laughs> commenting as he you listens. Should, Caleb, if I, I'm sure you're listening to this, start <laughs> dropping uh, timestamps on when you leave your comments because I, I wanted I, I, I want to be able to go back for the Caleb B. running commentary uh, from Nicholas K. This is addressing our ongoing feud with the Monday Show. Nicholas thinks that Monday that the Monday quote unquote shows he's using air quotes now. That their disrespect has gone on long enough. Uh, and that Salvin is running away for a few weeks after dragging Shane Doan in this fight. That re- that re- it's really true. That was unfair, unfair stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Shane, Sh- Shane Doan caught, caught some shrapnel last night, so, uh, last week, so apologies to him. Uh, big takeaway from Nicholas K is a new hashtag. Annex the Monday show. Fuck, we talk about the Shane Doan thing for a second. Like, imagine <laughs> Shane Doan's like, why, are we get, why am I getting looped <laughs> into... Podcast Wars. What also, who are these nerds? This discourse um, that that I, th- there was some people that thought we went too far, that we got personal with the Monday show, um, which I was dude, surprised to see. Some dude. Because sni- I didn't think we went far enough. No. Do you want to? Yeah, we'll, do, we'll show you too far. <laughs> you you, you want to see personal? <laughs> Mendez, your house is getting egg, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there was some dude that snitch tagged on us with Dom, as if I don't text with Dom every single day, <laughs> as if I wasn't openly just like, I, like it's a bit. Come on. <laughs> I'm we really, anti- we actually, I'm I'm an anti- do we have to say that we I'm like an anti- Ian and Haley? Come on, no, I, well, I, I, we don't have to say it because that would be a lie. Uh, 
Chris J, you guys need to have a pod just called the Craig and Sean Comedy Hour. I Not mean, after this one where we were no. just pissy for 45 <laughs> minutes, minus called, the interview. Called Rocky Wirtz a loser for five minutes. <laughs> um, we're talking about uh, the USA Mountain Rushmore, which hmm. we should do at some point. We will. Again, August. Next next bonus content episode on on the on Apple Podcasts. Oh yeah, oh, let's only do Mount Rushmore's every time we have to do an Apple Pod bonus subscriber. Yeah, because we're cause will we're, anyone notice? Because we're late. Because we're lazy clowns. In like two years, they'd be like coming up the Mount Rushmore's yeah. for rookie American yeah. defenseman. Mount, we're going Mount Rushmore of uh, Nebraska Omaha. <laughs> Jake Gensel four separate times. Uh, Joe D, as a BU student, I will not ex- I will not accept any Drew Camesso slander, buddy. That was not Drew Camesso slander. Uh, I, if anything, I gassed him up because I forgot <laughs> I forgot that Strauss Mann was was is in all likelihood going to be starting for for the Olympic team. I am a BU. I don't even know if I've said this. Like I am, I'm partial to BU because my sister went there. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'm, you know, if I have a dog in the fight, it's the Terriers, baby. So. Give me some, give me some credit here. Um, you didn't, you didn't get like I, I do want to acknowledge Lance T's U.S. Mount Rushmore of Hall, Chelios, Leach, and, and Patrick Kane. Yeah, um, I, you know, just to get the conversation started. If you guys want to sprinkle those in there, we will, we will collect them and discuss them at some point. All right, go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean Lance is, you know, getting a good list. I mean, again, the point about the point of the stupid Mount Rushmore stuff is to limit it to four. So he's saying Hull, Chelios, Leach, one of the gold medal women. It's Kim mm-hmm. Um Michael K saying saying Mike Madonna. I think that's I think that's an interesting interesting thought. I feel like he has receded from view over over the last couple of years. But when I was when I was growing up, man, like like Mike Madonna was king shit. Yeah, I mean Madonna's in the conversation for sure. I think so. Um, some props for Trevor Zegers' hair, early Gretzky Lake. I, I, I agree. I agree with Caleb there. Um, should it be funny to me, Caleb B says, that Kessel didn't congratulate Yandel? <laughs> on his, Does Kessel on, congratulate on the anyone, industry? though? Uh, that, Caleb, that should not be surprising to you. <laughs> it, I actually put it on par with Tom Brady not mentioning the Patriots in his retirement I lo- post. I love it. I love that. Bunch of loser Patriots fans that haven't accepted what happened last year, just trying to trying to convince themselves that Dad still loves them, and he just stepped out for cigarettes, and he's coming back real soon. Colin C makes sense. You guys didn't get Shane Doan. The Monday show is the Coyotes of the Athletic Hockey <laughs> Show. Only five thousand listeners. We know that. <laughs> also, Y'all. also, also, uh, rampant misbehavior between the two of them. <laughs> Y'all are the Bolts. Thank you. Just a well-oiled machine continuing to win championships. Wednesday is the Devils. Thursday is the Leafs. Friday is the Wings. This is definitive. No explanation needed. <laughs> Colin. Great. I agree. Lance T, though, tries to explain it. I will assume that you think the Friday show is up and coming and will be a contender for the big spot soon. That's the Red Wings comparable. No, yeah, no. I, like the, I like the Friday show. No, it's because it's run by a very mysterious, very serious man, Corey Promden versus Steve Eisenman. We'll see. I'm a Tennessean living in Chicago, so I have no dog in the fight, but the massive amount of Michigan fans living here has me confused. Mm. Okay. Of the U of M fans I've met, barely any seem to have actually attended the school. True. This is true. true. 
Meanwhile, every single Michigan State fan I've met is a genuine alum, and I've mm-hmm. never had to throw a Michigan State fan out of the bar for picking fights. We would never. Never. Will, I also would, li- I would like to know what bar, jump into the comments, let me know what bar you, what, what bar you work at. I, I would be interested there. He's a, he's, he's a bartender. <laughs> I'm a bartender, by the way, and not just some random jerk throwing people out of bars. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of Will saying, enough. <laughs> enough with the Michigan discourse. You're yeah, out of here, buddy. Yeah, he, 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 put, he puts down his beer and, like, you know, takes his napkin off, off his leg. He's like, get out. No more, no, no more talk about, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh or Josh Gaddis or whatever. Well, at some point, we're going to be able to take this show on the road. We'll do a live recording of the th- Tuesday episode, and we'll, and I want to do it from Will's Bar in we'll Nashville. Or we'll, we'll go to Will's Bar. I'll tell you what. I'm going to get my ass kicked. Um, Here's what I will say. Can I just say this? He, Will's right. Mm-hmm. Michigan, like, so Michigan fans and Mich- like, there's just legions of people that Michigan's their team, not because they went there or they could even get in hypothetically. Because I don't know, it's it's cool to root for Michigan. I don't know. They're, I mean, that's true with any with any of the major of the blue bloods too. Not yeah, the, I mean, not right. the not the Michigan isn't is in that group. They're, no, but it's uh, there's definitely that vibe. So like, state fans are all very, I would say, like it's it's genuine. And so I'm a good example. I grew up a Michigan fan because it was just every, like Michigan game was on every like state unless you went there and. Which my parents didn't. They went to Western Michigan, which I actually love a big Bronco guy. Uh, shout, out, shout out to the Broncos. Shout out to the Broncos. Um, yeah, then you were you probably grew up a Michigan fan. And then I went to my first Michigan Michigan State football game in East Lansing as a freshman. And I'm like, oh, this I'm switching. I go to Michigan State now. I, it's ridiculous. Why was I even a Michigan fan? And I became a Michigan State fan. And that's how it works. All Michigan State fans went to Michigan State. 10% of Michigan fans went to Michigan, if I had to guess. Yeah, you see, you see that with Penn State a lot. Bama famous famously has you know the non you know the non uh, n- the non alum groups. I, I I think that's just what you have when you have a school that's that big. One last thought. This is from Lance T. I'd like to dispute. Unfortunately, I know plenty of green white fans that never went to that farm. I don't. I honestly, I don't know any Michigan State fans that didn't go there. Fun fact, and also, I mean, come on, I know it's a land-grant university, but we don't have to call it a farm. Fun fact, <laughs> students from both schools have one thing in common. They all applied at Michigan. Not true. I did not apply. I mean, I knew. Because you just I knew? Got, I got like a <laughs> 2-9 grade point. Some, some yeah. of us are realists. It's Lance. Fine. Eric R. Hey, guys, I think it's obvious the U.S. will win gold in both hockey events. No sweat. Agree. Also, since I subscribe to The Athletic, I'm now on Spotify free. So, could you all start singing songs on a podcast? I think that might be a reference to me actually singing a song on the podcast over the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a karaoke song every week. Okay. Will we? Uh, nope. You guys jinx Brianna Decker, James S. says. I do feel kind of responsible for that. What a, what a brutal... Cammy talked about that, but that's just a brutal, a brutal, a brutal injury to suffer. The timing of it. How did we jinx her though? Did we say no way she gets hurt? Um, I just, I mean, whatever. I assume that we put bad energy into the universe for anybody that we mention on this on this podcast mm. for, be- for, for, for for better or worse. Um, <laughs> anything else? Do you like any of these comments, Craig? I haven't read them. You know that. We got Red Z coming, jumping in and talking about, how, about what a great dude Alex Tuck is. Yeah. Again, can't go it. listen to the Alex. Can't I listen every that. day to the Alex Tuck interview I just to kind of. I, I fall asleep to it. 
I'm getting I'm getting yelled at for li- for listening to the Alex Tuck podcast in bed. Uh, Red Red also says he learned how to play craps on the casino floor this summer at his bachelor party. Mm-hmm. Can't think of a better place to learn the game. So I, so I am clearly thinking wrong there. I said I feel like it's a bad idea to try to learn how to to try to to try to learn craps for the first time at at the casino. That's just because it has been. I have personally failed uh, to a to a devastating degree. Here's here's our. I second. tried to learn. I tried to learn crafts on the casino floor at Rivers Casino in Pittsburgh, and uh, lost the deed to my car. So whatever. <sighs> That's this will be our second meetup. I will. Any listeners who want to join me at a craps table, I I, I think that's. I want to share my knowledge and how to play. I'm very passionate about spreading the craps, the ability to play craps. I think everyone should know how to play craps. Dude, we I, we need a casino. It's been way too long so, since yeah. you and I have been in a casino together. Have we ever? <laughs> Yeah, we what are you what are you talking about? We we went to Rivers a few times with with some other media members mm. who will not be I don't named know if here. That's true or not? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to teach anyone. So we'll 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 do that as a media. I can't. Let's just let's line up a tour like a Tuesday show tour. We're gonna go to Nashville to the bar, get kicked out, go to <laughs> the bar. Vegas. Is in, the bar is in Chicago for the record. Oh, Will, okay. Will is from Tennessee oh, and, he, oh, 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 and, he, and, and he tends bar in Chicago. Oh my is, gosh. That's, we can totally make that way work. better. I'll go to I, Chicago get, right now. Guess what, bro? Chicago is better than Nashville. I know, I, I know everyone loves like partying in Nashville and whatever else. Mm-hmm. I'll take Chicago a hundred times out of hundred. That's not a hot take. I love Chicago is one of my three favorite cities in the world, but, especially in the summer. I mean, obviously number one is Pittsburgh. Number two is, uh, Whatever city Pierre LeBron's cottage is located in, Mississauga. Whatever not town. Mississauga. Whatever um, town. Uh, it's Lake. I don't know. It's that northern Toronto. It's North drop, Toronto. Drop the address. Do it. Yeah. Muskoka. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, producer Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Also, drop, drop the address. Everybody, go visit Pierre. Also, when I went to visit Pierre, we bought what they were calling, I think, Muskoka chairs. We got them for our deck. They're Adirondack <laughs> chairs. Like Americans know this. They're you know oh, the big that's high cr- back. Oh, that's great. Only the Canadians they can't they can't they, call them they can't call them Adirondacks because <laughs> nobody understands the reference. That's right. Um, any more, Sean? Thanks to everyone who left a comment. Lots of them. Now we get we get to pick and choose, which makes the last segment even better. But we ran long in segment one, so we don't want to get too much. So thanks to everyone who left a comment. Uh, we read them all. We laugh. We get a good laugh. Um, occasionally, we actually answer a hockey question. Uh, yeah, well, let's let's reiterate this. Like, I, I love I love the jokey stuff. If you guys actually do want to ask, if you get a wild <laughs> if you get a wild hair and want to ask actual hockey questions, go for it. Cause we'll we'll answer. Them. I do want to say Mike Leg joined Ian and Julian Monday on the Athletic <laughs> Hockey Show. Um, I, like, because I was banging the drum. Like, why do we call it the Michigan? I'm glad they had Mike on. I actually, I told Max he should do a story about it when I, we, we met a couple weeks ago at the, what was it called? Tipsy McStaggers or whatever Tipsy it was Mc, called. Yeah, yeah, when you guys, when you, when you guys, yeah, when you guys uh, drove home drunk. Yeah, that's right. Thank <laughs> <Both> you. <laughs> um, I, I'm glad they got Mike on. I think that's a good, I, I like that. I, I think I would read a lot of Mike Lake stories. I gotta, so I gotta listen. listen to I, I haven't yet. I, I didn't realize this morning uh, until this morning that they got them. So yeah, I'm doing that, baby. I also want to pump up Arthur Staples' new Rangers podcast, The Garden Faithful. He's got Dom Moore on this week. Um, Arthur just doing great work on the Rangers coverage. I know he had some big, big shoes to fill with Carpy retiring, but um, 
he's he's just killed it. It's been awesome to see. Shayna's been awesome. Like I'm thrilled that we have Shayna in the mix, and and uh, now we've got a Rangers podcast. So if you're a Rangers fan, make sure you download, follow that, etc. Yeah, I worked um, I worked yeah. with Shayna for the last for the first time last night on the oh, write up for the a, she's for the, just for, amazing for the U.S. Canada game. She made me look like I she made me look she made me look even dumber than I am, which is a feat. So here's what I like. Shayna is brilliant. But also has like the like a, a the work ethic of you know just a relentless drive right. and um and she's like wants to help like hey, yeah like she she wants legitimately is like hey any writers that want me to explain like that combination of like wants to help others has a has a insatiable work ethic and you're brilliant like that's that's the uh, trifecta for me yeah and guess what mm-hmm. I'm over I'm over three baby. <laughs> Mean, lazy, and stupid. Uh, George Peros is uh, Mike Russo's guest on Straight from the Source. Uh, that, should be, that should be interesting. <laughs> um, also, if you haven't rated this podcast uh, wherever you listen to it, um, it's mostly on Apple Podcasts, most likely. Go give it a rating. It was, you don't have to t- – make sure you highlight that you listen to the Tuesday show specifically and, and rate based on that. I don't want like – I don't want the Monday show dragging down the overall. We, we all have to share the same rating system, which I don't love. I've said and it. I've, I've said it for years. Mac and Dude is just dragging down, <laughs> dragging down our rating. <laughs> yeah, you sick in the ship. So yes, give us a rating. Also, if you want to hear Sean and I talk about the Mount Rushmore of everything, subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts. You get all the bonus content from our entire network. This week, Ian Mendez and Julian McKenzie are doing, they're providing the bonus content. No idea what they talk about, but I'm sure it's great. You start with a 30-day free trial, then it's 99 cents a month after that. Also, right now, you can get an annual subscription to The Athletic to leave comments in the app for Sean and I for $3.99 a month if you go to theathletic.com slash hockey show. What else? Shapiro's joining the Wednesday show with Civi. You, you just keep reading. I can just keep, keep. yeah. Keep reading. Want me just to keep doing? Jesse, Sarah, or, or uh, you got Sean Shapiro, who wrote a couple really interesting stories last week. One, Shapiro's on a, Shapiro's on a heater. Yeah, he's 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 found his groove. He wrote on the Coyotes, and now, oh, hey, people are concerned, shocked to hear this. Hey, wait, League wait. executives concerned wait, that about five, what? Well, they're only going to have five thousand fans in the building at once, and people <laughs> think that may impact league revenues negatively. They should be so lucky. Like. We have, like, Sean had to, you, you have to, because nobody ever wants to be critical of the, the commissioner, has to grant, mm-hmm. you know, anonymity to, to get these kind of honest comments. Go back and read the story if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, of course people are think this is not a good idea. Like, why do why can't people just say that? Ah, it's so stupid. Probably because Mr. Marullo is so respected in the, in, among everybody, I would say. I mean, you can't speak out or the league loses their mind. So... Um, oh, and the other story he did was uh, an agent poll, and those are always fun. The agent, the agent poll was great. Well, let's find a good American agent to get on this podcast. Got some, got some ideas. Yeah, I'll, uh, that's that's a good idea. I'm gonna, I'll bug producer Jeff. We made it, Sean. We started off a little cranky. I feel like our mood might have picked, like on the moodometer, maybe guess, picked up whatever. marginally. No, the moodometer. The moodometer. Are you Bro, gonna go I'm back go- to eating that terrible I'm, coffee, drinking I'm that, going, eating I'm going- it? Eating it. I, I kind of had to eat it. That stuff was like molasses. Canadian Hotel Coffee. Appalling. They must have known I was here. What if they did? They're like, oh, it's a Tuesday show guy. Yeah. Let's set up the swill. <laughs> I'm going to go lay down in bed and 
croak. <laughs> have a good uh, have a good nap, Shawnee. We'll Thanks, see you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.